I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. Today on the detail, farmers are really down in the dumps. Sick of it, really. I think there's a lot of older farmers that are probably going to get out. Like, I've been dairy farmer all my life, and the parents on fourth generation. And I'm thinking, well, if my kids aren't keen, bugger it. We do have a lot of farmers who are under a lot of stress um, for various reasons, and we've had the campaign of the activists and so on, and we've had some really horrific things on Facebook. New water regulations are going to be coming, what cost the zero carbon costs going forward. So we're just really concerned about these, the future and the extra costs that are going to be put on farmers. A little bit of anxiety around the stories that are being told that it's our fault. But if you're listening to this on your way into work in the city, why should you care? Confidence starts playing into investment decisions and how much they will be looking to put back into their local communities. And if they uh, have concerns around their business or the rural sector as a whole, they're likely to tighten up on that spend. In other words, when farmers suffer, the country suffers. A new report from Rabobank shows farmer confidence has slumped to a a three-and-a-half-year low, and it was a big drop. Rabobank rural analyst Blake Holgate says it's dropped from a net negative 2% three months ago to a net negative 33% now. The drop of this magnitude is significant. It follows three-quarters where confidence was gradually increasing. And it looks like things will get worse. Holgate says after the survey closed, the bad news came in an avalanche. Farmers say the most draconian of the government's proposals to restore the quality of the nation's waterways would effectively close the farm gate in some regions. Under the proposals, there would be tighter restrictions on intensification, meaning farmers would need to prove that that intensification wouldn't add to pollution. All farms would need to have management plans addressing water quality. Some could face nitrate caps, meaning they would need to take immediate action to reduce excessive leaching. The government's also proposing extensive fencing requirements and standards around winter grazing. So to date it doesn't actually take into account the impact of that, which we think is possibly further played into eroding some of that confidence, which won't show up until our December results. When you say a net negative 33%, can you explain to me in ordinary language what that actually tells you? Yeah, look, look, sure thing. Essentially we ask, uh, do farmers think the rural economy is going to get better, stay the same or get worse over the next 12 months? Uh, and then we take away those that think it's going to get worse from those that think it gets better. And that shows us if farmers' confidence is positive or negative. So net 33 uh, means those that thought it's going to uh, improve have declined and those that thought it was going to get worse uh, have increased. So, so farmers are more pessimistic and less optimistic. But interest rates are at record lows and farmers are getting top dollar for commodities like beef and sheep. Even milk's pretty solid. So let's look at what's making them so gloomy and in some cases damaging their mental health. Maya Burry is a rural reporter for RNZ. It's a a big kettle of fish, but the major factors are one of them is certainly uncertainty around government policy. And there's been a few things going on in that space. There's the zero carbon bill, which is currently before Parliament. The bill wants net zero carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide by 2050, but to reduce methane by 10% by 2030, with a tougher reduction uh, by 2050. 
and a lot of farmers have been raising concerns about how they're going to meet that target. They feel, some of them, that the science isn't there to help them reach some of those goals. And then there's the Reserve Bank of New Zealand's proposal to get banks to have more capital on hand when loaning money to the rural sector. It's all part of the Reserve Bank's plan to make the financial system even more resilient. It wants all of our banks to be able to withstand no more than a 1 in 200 year banking crisis. And there's worries around that 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 could uh, halt agricultural development. Many farmers I speak to have already mentioned that banks are really tightening up on lending to the sector. And so I guess there's worries that may be exasperated further. There's also a task force looking into winter crop grazing practices. And that was, uh, you might remember, after pictures of cows knee-deep in mud in Southland this winter emerged and prompted the Agriculture Minister, Damien O'Connor, to uh, launch a task force uh, to find some solutions, uh, saying, you know, it wasn't good enough, essentially. And it's anticipated there will likely be some legislative changes out of that. But, of course, there's lots of other big Mm. factors, too. The performance of Fonterra has been cited as another big worry for... For, for dairy farmers. An agricultural economist who warned Fonterra was heading for collapse is asking whether it's brought out all its dead or if there's more to come. Fonterra's forecasting a loss of up to $675 million this financial year and will not pay a dividend to its 10,000 farmer shareholders. There's also the can't forget the mycoplasma bovis response that's going on. That's so far seen just under 200 farms confirmed as infected and all of the cows in those property uh, are going to be culled. Most of them already have. I think there's been just over 113,000 cattle culled in total as part of the M bovis response. And then throw in a bit of uh, trade uncertainty. You've got Brexit worrying lamb exporters. The UK is a really important market for them, so they're worried that if there's a hard Brexit, some of their lamb might get held up at ports or you know disruption essentially market access. And then finally, I guess we land on public perception, and that's another really big thing that farmers are citing as, um, I guess essentially that they're feeling the urban-rural divide is growing and that they feel they're in some ways farming in a a fishbowl. Katie Milne, President of Federated Farmers, that whole public perception thing, that is something that's really worrying her, isn't it? Yeah, she mentioned in an interview I did uh, the day after the government's freshwater announcement or action plan uh, came out that, you know, farmers are feeling under more scrutiny and she mentioned that some have been receiving death threats on Facebook. We've had some really horrific things on Facebook, comments made and death threats to farmers and farmers should be beaten up and all this sort of unnecessary stuff that is just non-Kiwi. And we do have some farmers who have, you know, said that their, their kids get bullied and picked on and stuff. Um, and so, yeah, it all just comes on. You know, farmers do feel a little bit under siege. And she said she was really worried about um, the mood of the sector. So I think that does go to show that farming leaders are um, taking this quite seriously. They're really concerned about, I guess, this pessimism within the farming sector at the moment. So you get out and about, you know, you report daily on what's going on in rural news. When you go and talk to farmers, what are they saying? It's really interesting because at the moment there are actually some really good things 
um, happening for farmers. They're seeing record lamb prices. Demand for beef from China has been huge uh, because of African swine fever, the pig disease that's really affecting um, their protein production over there. So New Zealand beef exports are up about 100% on last year. And so if you've noticed um, that your mince at the supermarket here is a bit more expensive, that's why. Mm. But also dairy prices being forecast by processors at the moment are looking pretty solid. So you would think that the fact that there are strong commodity prices, that would leave farmers feeling pretty good. But what farmers have said to me is that while they appreciate that commodity prices are good, they have real long-term worries about the viability of their operations over the next 10 or so years. And so it's really interesting. I, I spoke to a Tai Tapu uh, dairy farmer, Dean Geddes, uh, not so long ago. His family has a really long history of dairy farming. He said to me if his kids weren't interested, he wouldn't blame them. He feels there's less stressful, easier ways to make a dollar. And so he's a stud breeder. He's got long history of, I guess, dairy genetics and breeding and all of that kind of thing, but he's prepared to let that go. And I'm thinking, well, if my kids aren't keen, bugger it. Um, why, why do we have to slog away and milk cows? I don't think there's a lot of incentive to milk cows at the moment. But Maya, what I, I kind of don't understand it because in so many ways conditions are good. I mean, interest rates at the moment are really low. And previous years, in previous decades, farmers have had to deal with much higher interest rates and a much more uncertain market as well, haven't they? Yeah, it is interesting. What I am hearing a lot of at the moment is that banks are really tightening up on lending to the agricultural sector. So that has made it tough for farmers. Dean Geddes mentioned to me that you know some farmers might find it hard with some of the changes they're going to have to make on farm environmental changes, that they might have a hard time getting the money to, to make those investments. We do irrigate out of the river, but then we do look after the river too. So it's sort of, you know, we, we grew up fishing, white baiting and everything in it. So, um, yeah, it was something that you don't want to ruin. But but it's the subdivisions up sort of whores worn that that scoured the river out and lots of dirt and silt coming down but they blame the farmers for that so yeah it's yeah yeah we we like having fish and weed in there it's always good so when you say that there are a lot of pressures on farmers what other pressures are there at the moment do you think just banks the, the banks not wanting to you know wanting farmers to to work on cash flow, um, and then you've got your yeah, environmental things, um, you know, with the effluent and all that sort of stuff, putting all these new systems in, which we've got in. Um, when I built the barn, we put them in. Um, it was something you did, but it's hard just going out and doing it. And it's not, it's not, it's not cheap. You, you mentioned banks are tightening up on lending, that kind of thing. So yes. with these increasing costs around um, making changes, environmental changes, is it going to be tricky, do you think, for some farmers to afford to do some of these things? Oh, definitely, definitely, unless the milk price sort of improves or even holds up where it is now is where it's been for the last 15, 15 years, just about. So none of that's changed, but all our costs have changed. But it's not just uh, dairy farmers who are feeling a bit pessimistic. Sheep and beef farmers are also concerned by the uncertainty around government policy, the tighter lending from banks. 
you know, the trade issues from Brexit. Uh, Alan Cole was a beef farmer and Federated Farmers rep for the Auckland region. And he told me essentially that farmers want to plan for the future. So naturally, any uncertainty affects uh, confidence. At the moment, it's definitely uh, concerned with those three things. And the Million Billion Trees programme too. Why are farmers concerned about that? Uh, just, you know, but some of these isolated communities are, you know, planting the trees, you know, the potential impact on those communities, you know, less jobs in those isolated communities. Do you think it's that there hasn't been enough information about what is going to happen with some of these key government policies, or is it yeah, just that... Yeah, it's just that there's a bit of a void at the moment. So we've been promised, said that the new uh, water rules will be coming out. We haven't seen anything, so it keeps getting delayed. So it's just anxiety that things are not actually being told what's going to be coming. He feels that urban folk don't have an appreciation or sometimes are missing the context when it comes to things that are happening on farm. But, uh, you know, in terms of public perception, that does seem to be the, the key thing that... I keep hearing from from farmers. A few months ago, I was in the West Coast, actually, and there was a dairy farmer that said to me, it really feels like people have decided they don't like farming anymore. And I did think that was really interesting uh, that someone who lives on a farm down a gravel road in the South Island's uh, fairly rugged West Coast, Mm. where farming is a massive part of the regional economy, uh, was picking picking up on what they perceived to be as some kind of growing urban-rural divide. They should be able to be... Um, looking forward and optimistic, it's it's a it's really such a shame that we have our people actually you know in such a bad place at the moment. Do you think discussions around policies like this could help perhaps unify people when they can see farmers are doing work? That's right. You know the the things that farmers have been doing well and keep progressing on, we hear a one liner about it occasionally and then nothing more. So getting that sort of thing into mainstream media. It would be great and getting other people to understand. Yeah, actually farmers are chugging along on these things. Maya, does that really tally, though, with what's going on? I mean, I think there was a survey recently that told us that most New Zealanders thought very favourably of the rural communities. Yeah, it's really interesting. There was a UMR research survey. They surveyed 1,000 people, the general public sample. That was between August 1st and 5th. And it found that respondents were almost five times as likely to hold a positive view of sheep and beef farming than a negative one. And while it wasn't such a great result for dairying, it did find that just one in five New Zealanders have a negative view of that industry. And UMR's executive director, Mark Elliott, did say that those findings were at odd with the perception held by many farmers that they are under attack. And that is a word that I hear quite a bit, that farmers feel they are under attack from the general public and that's not to say that Mr Elliott didn't think there was some level of urban rural divide Um, and he did seem to think that there was I guess an increasing urban rural divide but just not as bad as farmers think it is and his reasoning for maybe the um, disconnect between farmers and city slickers was that in the past pretty much everyone had a family member who was a farmer and um, I can relate to that to some degree. Some of my strongest childhood memories are from time I spent on my great uncle and aunt's farm in Colverton actually where I'd get to ride on the back of the quad bike and pick black currants and feed the kuni kuni pig who was called Susie Cato. <laughs> I have no idea why but uh, he seems to think that uh, perhaps you know not so many people are have a relative now that's a farmer you know we've got an increasing urban population so he says there's still that bedrock of support for farmers but um you know, he does acknowledge that to some degree there, there is a slight kind of shift going on. But an interesting 
point that Mark Elliott also did make is that it also really does boil down to, to water quality and how much New Zealanders treasure being able to swim in the lakes and rivers here. So people are really looking to the farming sector to sort that out. Do farmers feel that they're being unfairly targeted? Well, yeah, I think the government's recently announced Freshwater Action Plan did have a big focus on farming, uh, but in saying that, agriculture accounts for half of New Zealand's greenhouse gas emissions, so there, there is a level of um, accountability there. And, I mean, a lot of farmers I do speak to accept that things have to change, and a lot of them actually already feel like they are doing their bit. And I might have mentioned earlier that a lot of them aren't big fans of further farming intensification. So I think there is an acknowledgement that uh, things need to change, but then I guess it's, it depends what side of the fence you're sitting on. Of course, um, urban folk like to think that farmers need to pick up their game and farmers think that we all just kind of have it a bit too easy. Everything's changing on the land, and Rabobank's Blake Holgate says farmers are getting more scrutiny from banks now, so expanding or reinventing your operation isn't just a case of cashing in on low interest rates. Banks are looking a lot harder at sort of the, the fundamentals around you know how much cash will this business generate going forward. And by looking at that and tightening up on, on capital availability, it does mean it, it is becoming more challenging for, for some farmers when they're looking at expanding or doing uh, new things with their, their operation. It is making that more challenging. And it seems to me, from talking to Maya, it seems to me that it's these policies about zero emission, uh, fresh water, that kind of thing that's really rattling farmers. Yeah, look, these are big chunky issues the nation is tackling that will have implications for the industry and for individual farmers. So over the last three months we've had submissions or consultations in respect of the zero carbon bill, in respect of an emissions price at a farm level. So farmers are really trying to get their head around, well what does this mean for my farming business going forward and just how significant will this be? Um, so, so this combined with you know pending freshwater uh, rule changes uh, is really setting up the framework for how farmers are going to have to farm over at least the next generation. Did they see it coming? As you say, there's been a lot of talk about this for quite a long time. Look, no, I, I think they've been pretty well signalled signalled over the last couple of years that there are changes coming. But it's once you actually see the hard details and try to quantify what that might mean for you as a, as a business that it really starts starts to hit you. So it's not that they haven't seen it coming, but until you get the details and an understanding of, of the magnitude or, or degree of change that we're talking about, it is hard to really um, probably appreciate how significant it can be. Do you actually go out and talk to farmers yourself? I do. I'm born and bred on a South Otago sheep and beef property, which my far, my parents still farm. Yeah. Um, so I get a lot of feedback there, um, <laughs> but but also travel around the around the country and meet clients uh, at both ends and, and in between across New Zealand. Okay, so let's start with your parents. What are they telling you? They're feeling a lot of negativity out there. Every time they're reading an article online, every time they're reading a, a Farmer's Weekly, it's a negative story. And perception or, or reality, in lots of ways, it doesn't matter because once you're continually hearing negative messages, it does start to, to build up. In saying that, they'll acknowledge that you know the industry has been through challenges before 
and, and it is resilient and them and other farmers will find a way through. And what about in other, other people that you go and see, other farmers that you go and see? Is there sort of standout things? Is there anything that anyone has told you in particular that you've thought, oh my God, this is, yeah, this is serious stuff or anything that's really bowled you over? Probably the other aspect that's important to highlight is, is regionally things will be feeling it tougher uh, in some parts of the country than others. You know, remembering we've still got parts of the country dealing with, with M. Bovis, which is creating an uh, ongoing stress in, in those parts of the country. Uh, and equally, if you look at proposed freshwater reforms, there's catchments that will require uh, more significant changes than others. So I think what strikes me is, you know, different pockets across the country will, will be feeling it differently uh, and the stresses they're feeling will, will not necessarily be the same a, a, across New Zealand. And are there particular parts of the country where people feel worse than others? Yeah there are but I know talking to my colleagues in, in Canterbury parts are there that are they're looking at having to make significant reductions to hit proposed catchment targets. Likewise down, down in Southland so they've been under reasonably intense scrutiny in relation to their winter grazing practices. So what would make them feel better? What are the things that would make them make them start smiling a bit more? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, uh, uh, what they're looking for is some understanding of, of the pressures they're feeling in respect, particularly of the policy space. So probably a, a little more um, empathy generally and, and an, an acknowledgement that, you know, these are big issues that, that the industry is being asked to tackle. Acknowledging that, you know, they are really an, an important part of, of the country, the economy, have, have been for a long time and will continue to be going forward. So I think that, and more clarity around what some of the, the impact of these changes could mean for them in an individual business setting. And the other other aspect is, um, in the recent budget, there was announced a, you know, a, a healthy support package for farmers going forward to, to help some of these changes that they're facing. So probably just a bit more understanding what, you know, tangibly on the ground what that will look like. What are those support systems that, that we're going to see to, to help farmers? Is there a feeling that the media is being negative and there's a bit of farmer bashing going on? Look, I don't think it, it's just the media. I think we live in a, in a social media age now where there's a, there's a lot of noise generally. So um, whether it actually reflects the, the mood of the country or, or not, farmers are, are hearing a lot of noise uh, and negative negativity Towards them, and I don't think that's necessarily just a media thing. I think it's generally, again, the nature of social media, the nature of just the issues that we're dealing with tend to be negative issues or, or portrayed in a, in a negative sense. So again, it's just this wave that they're feeling at the moment. That's the detail for today. I'm Sharon Brett Kelly. The detail is brought to you by newsroom.co.nz, made possible by the RNZ NZ On Air Innovation Fund. Hit the subscribe button to stay across the detail every day. And if you're on Apple, please leave a rating as it helps other listeners find us. This episode was engineered by Jeremy Veal and produced by Alexia Russell. Our associate producer is Kathiki Masalamani. Mā te wā.